2: Hello, happy Friday and welcome to yet another Andy Goldstein's TalkSport Daily Podcast with me, Andy Goldstein. I say yet another, it's of course the last one of the week. And we start on breakfast with the return of Big Al, Alan Brazil and Jamie I think Cheltenham Town and bigger than Inter Milan, O'Hara. And the Watford captain, Troy Deeney. Troy spoke to the guys about relegation, the new manager of the Hornets and his future at Vicarage Road.
3: This is my club, isn't it? I've been there 10 years now. Um, I'm not going to actively look to leave or anything of that yeah. nature so I was talking to the missus about it yesterday I had uh, an opportunity to go to Leicester when they just won the league obviously with Champions League football and never asked to leave then yeah. so why would I ask to leave now do you know what I mean mm-hmm. it's, if the club decide that you know we need to go our separate ways it is what it is i'm a big boy. I can uh, i can take it on the chin
4: talk sports understands that watford have signed vladimir ivic as their new manager he signed a two year deal at vicarage road after the club was relegated to the championship
3: he speaks real good english he's a uh, he's got this kind of like blue-eyed looks straight in the eye it looks like he's going to kill you but he's talking really nice so it's like you're on edge all the time. You're like, is, yeah. he, is he about to do me? Yeah, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> but he's a real nice guy. He's, he's coached uh, you know, coaching us really well the first few days. And you know, none of the boys are, are moaning, which is which is always good.
2: Now this is me Jacobs. And one of the top guests was the Spurs in England player, Eric Dyer. He spoke about working under boss Jose Mourinho, or Jose, as some people say, incorrectly. The new documentary, soon to be released by Amazon, about Tottenham. And now we found out that Joe Hart was joining the club. Incidentally, that documentary about Tottenham is called All or Nothing, and I can tell you now the answer is, of course, nothing.
5: He messaged me a couple of days ago, and it was late at night, and he said, oh, um, "Are you awake? Don't worry, it's nothing. It's nothing serious or <laughs> whatever." <laughs> So I called him when he was in the car on the way down so he he, he caught me by surprise, but uh, no, it's fantastic, fantastic to have him um you know it'll be a real pleasure to to get to share a dressing room with him again i I always enjoyed um i always enjoyed sharing one with him of england so um and I'm sure you know he'll bring he'll bring a lot um off the pitch just as much as he will on it with his experience and you know, the the kind of situations he's been in as a player.
2: I'm European champion. I must I
5: think
1: I'm a special one. It
5: would. Talking privately, we we talk in Portuguese, but if we're in a you know in a setting of more people, then we will speak English. So um, yeah, it's a bit of both. But yeah, it's, you know, for me, it's it's very special growing up in Portugal, and then to to be managed by him, you know, when I was growing up, you know, it was when uh, he he won the Champions League with Porto, and then went to Chelsea and was extremely successful. So um, yeah, it's, it's it's really special to be being managed by him now. I was uh, you know I was kind of disappointed that we were going on holiday because I felt like we were just we were just uh, finding our feet and, and really starting to make some, uh, some strides in the right direction. So, um, you know, hopefully we can pick up where we left off in that sense. And um, we're, we're really, really excited, you know, to have a pre-season with the manager and, and be able to really put in some work before the season starts and, and start with a clean slate.
2: Now the fixtures for the new Premier League season were announced yesterday with Leeds United's trip to Liverpool, the pick of the opening day. Leeds' is Stuart Dallas told White and Sawyer that he can't wait for it to begin. Have a listen. This is him saying, I can't wait for it to begin.
0: It's exciting. Obviously, we've been waiting for this day for the last few weeks. Really, everybody's been looking forward to it, and, and now that it, that the fixtures are out, it's exciting times. And no better game really to get us going than, than Champions fee Champions. You know, we we know how hard it's going to be, and but it's one we're looking forward to. I grew up supporting Liverpool. I think it was because my dad was a Liverpool fan. So yeah, I grew up supporting them. I've you know I've been to watch them quite a number of times, and obviously not so much. In recent years, <laughs> but yeah, it'll be nice to come up against them. You know, it's it's always been a dream of mine to, to play at the highest level, and. And obviously, to, to get the chance, you know, to, to play against them at Anfield, and, and obviously with them being champions as well, is you know it's a dream come true for me, really. Speaking to players that have obviously been promoted before and, and to the Premier League, you know, they say the excitement really sets in when the fixtures come out. So as I say, it's a date that we've been looking forward to these last couple of weeks, and now they're here. You know, the excitement does really kick in. But you know, we're we're back in pre-season. We're working really hard now, and and obviously we're we're working towards that first game. <laughs>
2: Now, following recent comments from Jamie O'Hara on breakfast regarding the international caps debate, Dryas' very own Darren Goff, who played cricket over 200 times for England, hit back at O'Hara in a section we've called "Goffy Hits Back at O'Hara. Shouldn't we get caps for friendlies?
4: If I'd have had caps for friendlies, I'd have had another 50 caps. You know what I mean? The amount of friendlies I had to play before tests or warm up games. We don't get caps for them. What's all that about? Oh, you tell you what, come and play in a friendly, get an England cap for it. it was ridiculous. Competitive, now this is going to you'd want to play as a player. I think that's really harsh. I think you're really okay, harsh. Okay, we'll just give everyone one then. Why well, only if they uh, played for England? Well, look how many players. <laughs> look how many players are played under Ericsson when he made all those substitutions, how many guys played one and two caps. You've got, to, you've got to really, really earn it. And I just think with friendlies, I think they just give them out for fun. Imagine an England player who's played, say, three times and three friendlies. And all his life, he just wanted to play for England. And he gets to pull on the Three Lions in a friendly, building up to a tournament. He gets to pull on the Three Lions shirt and he plays at Wembley and how proud he feels how fantastic he feels that he's involved in that elite group but just through the fixtures that come up and because of one man's opinion he doesn't get to play in a competitive game you're saying he doesn't deserve a cap. Well, Do you know how per, harsh per, that is? Well, perhaps they make him different then. So the ones who play a competitive fixture for England, which is the real elite stuff, not friendlies, get a slightly different cap.
6: Lads, lads, just, just <laughs> not good enough.
4: Not good enough. Look at Jamie. I actually got to number one in the world. Where did he get in the world? <laughs> <laughs> As we said the other day, he didn't even win Big Brother. Right. Just just a question. So I, you, don't, I don't even have to You're say, refuting it completely. I, I don't have to say anything, mate. Okay. I've been ranked number one in the world. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have to say anything else. I was the first English bowler to ever take two hundred and one day international wickets. The first. In the history of the game. It's been played a long time. Be played a long time. I don't have to say anything. Okay. I'll leave it there. <laughs> just leave that hanging in the air. <laughs> See if uh, Jamie O'Hara can uh, swing a bat and actually hit one of them because you've bowled it down to him. Let's see if he can uh, either take it on the bounce or <laughs> smash it out of the park. So uh, over to you, O'Hara.
2: This is Breakfast Once More. Here's Big Al with a story on playing as a defender in non-league football.
7: I scored a couple of crackers um, in the Big Derby, yeah. Braintree against Witton yeah. <laughs> when, I was, <laughs> when I was playing, the <laughs> FA Cup winning goal scorer Roger Osborne played for Braintree, right? And they were the they were the big team non league around um, that area. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. They
6: still big side. We played them league.
7: in the cup, and there was a, a train crash, so a lot of our best players couldn't get from Liverpool Street, the city, back to to Braintree to play against. So anyway, after ten minutes, we're like two 0 down. We're getting battered. Yeah. And I decided, and two of the guys who were meant to come were centre halves So we're really, I went, right, that's it, that's it. I said, with the two oldest full backs in the whole of the league, right? Birdie McCurdy and Denny, who was the groundsman. <laughs> so, Birdie, Birdie, wing back. Denny, wing back. They went, what? We can't run. I said, I don't care. You're wing backs. I will mark them too. I'll play at the back. You right? played at the back? I played at the back. <laughs> <laughs> and I just want to before, see it. oh, no, no, I played it. Was it's, he good? It's, it's legendary. Like Beckenbauer. Right? I was dummying my own goalkeeper. <laughs> <laughs> and we got a, you we got, got a, beat 5 0 though. We got, no, 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 we got a free kick just on half time. Just on half time. And I said to Rev, can I take it quick? He went, yeah, okay, the wall's back. Yeah, get on work. Bang, top corner. 2 yeah. 1, we're in. And then we got players back. We won 3 <laughs> uh, uh, 2. What, what type of defender was you? Uh, That's a Van Dijk Hansen.
2: (laughs) Now, Nicolas Pepe became Arsenal's most expensive signing in their history last summer when he arrived from Lille in a deal that raised plenty of eyebrows. Unless, of course, you've had loads of Botox, then, of course, you just look like you're surprised all the time. Anyway, Lille president Gerard Lopez told White and Sawyer that Arsenal did not overpay for the winger.
1: No, Arsenal did one hell of a deal. They got a player that other people wanted to get, and they got a player for whom we actually had at least one club offering more money for. It. And uh, it's Pep's management team and, and Nico that, that asked us to go to Arsenal. And so we accepted slightly less money than we would have gotten somewhere else. That's the first thing that people... Some people know it because I know that publicly the agents have said it. Something that needs to go on record, which is we actually didn't sell, it, sell him to the, to the highest bidder. Talon... Is always there. I mean, once it's there, you don't take talent away from people. And he's a young player, and he's a player that functions on people believing in him, people giving him not only opportunities but also responsibilities. And, look, I'm I'm not going to question tactically how he was played, you know, for half a season or whatever. But what I'm going to say is that, in his case, just like he did with us, the best is yet to come. Every time he gets the ball, something happens. He's very tough to stop, you know, especially when he's in the last 30, 40 meters. You either have to follow them or he's gonna provide a pass or create a goal opportunity. And that kind of talent is very rare. I mean, players that can on their own dismantle a defense or do something happen, and he will. I mean, I have no doubt about it. I wasn't kidding when I said that Arsenal got a good deal.
2: Time to hear now from two comedy legends, Hawksby and Jacobs. Oh sorry, my <clears> mistake, <throat> that should have been. Time to hear from two comedy legends who were speaking to Hawksby and Jacobs. That was Bob Mortimer and Paul Whitehouse. Speaking about the new series of Gone Fishing. And I'm only joking. We love poor Nandy. And We're not filming at the moment. We're just having
5: a day's fishing. Oh, We're really? Fishing. Nice, nice. Yeah, yeah, no cameras. That's why we haven't caught anything. <laughs> <There's
6: no pressure. laughs> That's even better. The fact that the two of you, even when the cameras aren't there, that you go fishing together now.
5: A joy, it really is, yeah. I try and lose him, I take him to these places <laughs> and, th- and then I walk off and I jump in the car, but he always
8: finds me. Has it been difficult to find different places to fish because you obviously it's difficult to travel at the moment, you, I suppose you're restricted to basically Britain.
5: We did half of the new series long before lockdown and then we, we completed it after when they opened the fishing off. This could go on and on and on, to be honest with you. Yeah, yeah i like everyone. <laughs> <laughs>
6: have, you, have you considered, maybe sort of Fishing somewhere, or you're getting get a bit exotic, bit of overseas.
5: I, I really like the backdrop of the UK and mm, just catching yeah. little indigenous fish. And in there, I, I don't know. It's because it's kind of not a fishing show. Uh, we don't really want to make the fish the star. It's the countryside that's yeah. the star, and, mm. and the slight sort of last of the summer wine aspect of two old codgers. <laughs>
6: Please come, <Marley>. you're <laughs> from, we might have a heart attack if we up to Marlin. That's true.
8: Yeah,
6: <laughs> could be there for hours, can't you? <laughs> do, you ever, do you ever watch those extreme? I mean, now you probably into your fishing more. Bob, you ever watch those extreme fishing? That's that one. That was his name, Jeremy uh, White. Yeah, that's right, White. Jeremy White. He does Wade, that one yeah. that you that basically you catch the fish by hand. You put your hand your hand down the fishy, and it sort of latches onto your arm, doesn't it? And then you sort of what's the bait? You hand. I mean, basically, <laughs> your, your hand is the bait. I don't, Bob. I don't think you're gonna fancy that much, are you?
5: <laughs> I don't fancy the, um, yeah. using yeah. your hands as bait yeah.
6: right? as bait yeah if <laughs> as as you've got a little bit of luncheon meat or a bit of cheese in it they, they, they like them I would imagine that would be fantastic he's yeah. always got a bit of luncheon meat in his car Bob. that's interesting the first question the yeah. AA ask when you phone them up
5: is do you have sufficient processed meat to last you for the next two hours
2: <laughs> now Up Front With airs this coming Saturday from 5pm with the former Aston Villa and Everton striker Andy Gray He's in conversation with Sam Outerface and over the course of the hour they discuss his career-defining goals, moving to Aston Villa as a teenager and his subsequent fallout with the Villa boss, Ron Saunders.
8: We were playing in, in Europe against Barcelona. I missed the first gig. I was injured for the first round. We played him at Villa Park, through 2-2. And then we were due to playing him the following week at the, the new Camp. Remember, and I'm arguably his best player. So I remember going the Sunday, I'm getting treatment, and then comes Ron Saunders. And I'm sitting there getting treatment, and he said to me, how is it? I said, "No bad, boss. I said, I think I'll be all right. He says, no, 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 no. I need to know now. I said, what do you mean you need to know now? It's only Sunday. He says, no, I need to know now. I I, I need you to tell me if you can play today, if it was today. I said, well, of course I couldn't play if it's today. So he didn't take me. I didn't even travel. We got beat 2-1. Then he told some reporters on the way back on the plane that it was my fault because I'd let him down, I'd let the supporters down, and I'd let everybody down. And I went and confronted him with it. And I says, listen, you, I've played with my leg hanging off with injections in my knees, my ankles, everywhere to play for you in this club and I said and you call me uh, you say I let everybody down I say sorry I said I want to transfer I'm not playing for you
2: again and you can hear more from Upfront with Andy Gray this Saturday from 5pm and if you want to catch up with the previous episodes you can by downloading the podcast from the game day feed on the TalkSport app now we head back to Troy Deeney on breakfast and why he listens to ABBA before games who's the best defender he's ever come up against in the Premier League and how he deals with stick from opposition fans
3: The best part for me is giving fans a bit back because they don't expect it. Yeah. Especially in today's game. They're yeah, like, of course. Everyone ignores it and that. And then I remember being at Norwich i would just come back from injury. I was warming up his keys. Sprinted down the stairs. you... Can't say it, obviously. Yeah. Like, come here, give us a kiss. He was fuming. He was like... Uh, uh. I was like, come on. I know you, you love me, don't you? Give me a kiss. <laughs> and he just went back to his seat all like, oh, I don't know what to do. My first experience, a proper experience, was um, I was at... Warsaw in League League One and played Millwall away. Oof. I got battered. I was nineteen. Got yeah. battered on the side. Yeah. Loved every minute of it. And then I went and scored the winner and celebrated right in front of him and I just walked back in and I remember uh, Martin Butler went to me, You're not all there you are yeah. I was nineteen. I was like, Why? I said, They give me stick, don't you give it them back? He goes, You know he could have chinged I was like, Ah, oh, I didn't think of that. Uh-huh. So ever since then I've never really Cared about it. it's just always been good, banner.
2: Deeney with an open net to score and does, and it's three 0 Well, they're going to win
6: now. Troy Deeney gets his first ever goal against Liverpool.
3: I can't explain it. The guy's six foot four, fast, got a great footballing brain, loves to have a fight with you as well, and he's just like you can head the
7: ball as well. Can't yeah, it's,
3: it's it's everything. He's just got everything. And I remember playing, we beat as we beat them three 0 and he was doing his hair, but he had the ball, and I was like. That's amazing! <laughs> and remember, we was winning. Like, I'm like, he's doing his air mid game. My mum used to do the cleaning on a Sunday and, and Saturday and Sunday, so and have all the old school classics on. Like so you, it, it reminds me of where I've come oh, from. But so I was I was that's see, that's true.
7: You're playing against Van Dyke, and yeah, you're yeah, going to rough a bit, him up, and then suddenly, Dancing yeah, bit, Queen comes on. Yeah,
3: bit of Dancing Queen, but obviously, it's like an hour and a half playlist, so it builds up. So I go from a bit of that to a bit more aggressive music what, just bit, before builds up so it builds I'm up from Amber up. a start yeah it's a bit of Barry White a bit of Ooh, I love, what, see, I love Barry White. what's the yeah. last track then before you go out I can't, re- I, can't <laughs> <laughs> be, I can't repeat it on here but yeah it's, it's a bit more aggressive a bit more tempo, and uh, yeah at that point
2: I'm ready to go and don't forget that all the EFL fixtures for next season will be announced today at 9am so keep it TalkSport and TalkSport 2 for all the reaction and we finish finished sort of With the best bits of my show, Andy Goldstein's Sports by Monday to Thursday from 10pm. Me and old fat face. This moment is absolutely going to be a priceless one as Lampard and Terry lift the Champions League trophy for Chelsea. I want Frank
6: to succeed at Chelsea, right? If you told me now that Frank would win a trophy...
2: What, hold on. Carabao Cup.
6: I'll take Carabao Cup. Right. Get top four, do okay in the Champions League, do okay in the FA Cup, over England winning the Euros every single time. I would love England with the World Cup. I absolutely throw myself into England. I'm hugely patriotic. But if Chelsea have if Chelsea win a trophy under frame it would be brilliant.
2: I would absolutely Ch- Chelsea Carroll Cup win, fourth. Yep. Over England winning the World Cup.
6: I'm gonna say yes.
2: Uh, let's speak to someone that's in the bubble. In the in the match room bubble. S- Spencer Oliver joins us. Hello, Spence. Spencer. Guys, how are you doing? you okay? What's it like being in a match room bubble? Do you know what? It's, it, it's crazy times in here right now. It's like, it's, it's really unusual circumstances we're living in. We're in Brentwood. We're in a hotel in Brentwood. And we are living in like sort of um quarter of the hotel. We're in a, a, a small part of the hotel. We've got a small court, courtyard on the outside. And all the fighters are obviously in here. And we're living in a time where where fighters are sitting at the same sort of tables. It's like, it's really unusual, really weird. So in the evenings, are you just sitting at the bar with all your mates? Oh, having a mate, few- I'm so glad that you've asked me that, because I've got Tony Bellew on the table. Can we have, what are our chances of having a quick one with Bellew? Can you shove the phone under his nose? I'll do that right now. All right. All right, Tony? <laughs> all right, Tony. How right, are you, mate? What's up, man? Yeah. Good, I'm very well. Spencer sounds like he's had about eight pints. Yeah, is he... Is he...
8: <laughs> I don't know, mate. He's got me out of my room. I mean, it's quite lazy, and, you know, I'm just in the corridor now talking to you, so I don't know what this maniac... Get yourself down up. the
2: bar. This is fight camp. We don't have a bar of fight camp Tony, yet. come on. So- around. We know you're both going to be up till 3am at, at the earliest, time. Spencer might be up till 3am, mate, but not
8: me. I'm going back to bed now. I mean, I can't believe he's knocked on my door.
2: So presumably <laughs> you in your pyjamas, then, if he's just knocked on the door, yeah? I'm
8: not in my pyjamas, I'm in my underpants.
2: <laughs> That's it for another podcasting thing. A reminder, don't forget that tonight, that's Friday from 7 pm, it's Inter Milan against Sevilla in the Europa League final. It's on Talksport, it's presented by Mark Saggers. And on Sunday from 7 pm is Bambi against PSG in the Champions League final, also on Talksport. And that's followed by Andy Goldstein's Trans Europe Express. Also on Sunday, on this feed, there's another chance to hear Sol Campbell's My Sport in Life. I'm actually back on drive today from 4pm, but of course I'll be back first thing on Monday morning with another one of these Andy Goldstein's TalkSport Daily podcasts. So until then, or until later today, either way, be safe, everyone. Be safe.
1: That was a podcast from TalkSport.